Welcome to Stacy on the Right here on FamilyVisionMedia.org, brought to you by ShareNetNow.org, our new healthcare sharing ministry. Check us out at ShareNetNow.org. I have joining me today, Timothy Head, Executive Director of Faith and Freedom Coalition. Returning to the show, Timothy, thanks so much for coming on. It's always a treat to be with you, and I look forward to a lively conversation today in this holiday season. So Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. So I'm while my spirits are light because, you know, I know the God I serve, I got to say, the left really pulled a fast one with their so-called Respect for Marriage Act. They claim that they're going to be fighting hate and they're, you know, they're doing this out of love. And also so people of interracial you know, backgrounds can marry each other, which I pretty sure that's one of the largest growing categories of marriage in the country is people from different ethnic backgrounds getting married and living their best lives. Tell us more about how the Republicans who helped to pass this were completely duped. Well, best case, I hope that they were completely duped. Unfortunately, in a couple of situations here, I actually think they may have been co-conspirators. So listen, I think the longer people pay close attention to Washington, D.C. and politics in America, you should really know to brace yourself after an election where the left is in the majority, but then they lose either one or both chambers. And you have basically from November until, you know, Christmas or or early January, usually when D.C. people are trying to get out of town, that is when the left is at its worst. And so even if you hear the title of some bill that sounds, you know, like roses and unicorns, you should know if it's happening after an election and right before Christmas, that basically any conservative, the answer should be no, don't want it. Thank you. And unfortunately, this bill is one of those. Like you said, it's framed even with a racial and interracial dynamic that you just spoke to, but also around same-sex marriage, both of which are already constitutionally, you know, through the Supreme Court are completely legal and recognized. But the thing that this bill does that was new or is new is it provides a private right of action, a federal right of action for people to sue. So an individual can sue either a, another individual or particularly a company or a, a, uh, a nonprofit or a church, you know, and that's the hammer that was just introduced that these, not only the left, but unfortunately, a small minority of people even on the right agreed to put in force and effect, which is actually, I'm very, very nervous that this is going to be a very serious problem in the coming years. So the private right of action means that if a person feels they're being discriminated against, they can go to the DOJ and get the strong arm of the federal government behind them. And even if it's later found out, you know, hey, you actually didn't have any rights here, you know, this is nonsense. The organization, a Christian organization, or the Christian business owner or whomever, will have spent possibly millions of dollars defending themselves in court. And we have some amazing organizations that are doing that. You know, the plaintiff or the defendant is charged very little, but it's still your life, your time you could be spending gardening or witnessing to people about Jesus that you're spending fighting a court case for someone who could have gotten the service elsewhere or was never truly discriminated against. That's exactly right. And listen, there are two real designs to a bill like this. The first is uh, exactly like you just described. So, you know, within weeks of this bill becoming law here in a couple of months, there will be private actions brought. My expectation, frankly, is probably against adoption agencies, faith-based adoption agencies. 
and they will sue them. You know, a couple is going to walk in and they're going to sue saying that they were denied, you know, placement, even though every faith-based agency that I know of, if they will not place in a same-sex marriage, they will refer a same-sex couple, go to the next adoption agency right down the street. They will help you. But we, you know, we're not going to do that. Well, they're going to say, no, I don't want to go to the one down the street. I want you to place an adoptive uh, child in our family. They'll be sued, and they'll have to spend half a million dollars in three or four years in federal court going through depositions and filings and arguments and a host of other things. Whether they will or won't lose really is not the point. It truly is just to intimidate and make them spend money that they otherwise could spend on other things, on meaningful things. And then the additional thing is once an example, if you will, is made of the first and second person or organization that gets sued, the intent is to just intimidate and chill any other adoption agencies, foster care agencies, churches, you know, private schools, et cetera, and intimidate them into just, you know, basically throwing their hands up and quitting in this fight. So this is absolutely, it's a legal hammer that Congress just passed that will be weaponized against orthodox, biblical nonprofits and, you know, also companies that try to, you know, run their company based on a biblical worldview. Yeah. So it'll be have this transgendered person on your staff teaching children or any unworkable scenario that they can find, you know, biblically, this organization probably won't do this. They'll seek to do that. How many times do you think the Supreme Court will have to smack it down before that part of this piece of legislation is found unconstitutional and, you know, no longer enforceable? That's a great question. And I actually am optimistic with the current makeup of this court that an eventual appeal will find the private right of action to be unconstitutional. But generally, a normal case in modern American jurisprudence takes about seven years to work its way through a district court you know, proceeding, an appeal, uh, like an appellate court proceeding, and then also eventually getting to the Supreme Court. So it normally takes seven years. You know, I do think we have a strong likelihood of this eventually going our way. But a lot of people are unfortunately going to be very, very inconvenienced and even feel some pain in the meantime. Oh, so I kind of hate that a lot because obviously there's money out there. There are organizations that fight the legal battles of conservatives and you know individuals. It's not like we don't already have a structure set up for this. So that's the good news. The bad news is, is it will tax the resources because right now, these cases are kind of far and few between, so much so that, you know, we know the name of the baker, we know the name of the graphic designer, we know the name of the the pizza shop. This is different. This means you'll have lots and lots of people exacting revenge on Christian-based organizations simply for living or creating an organization that adheres to a statement of faith that comes directly from Scripture. That's right. And again, I mean, if someone were to fight a legal proceeding and eventually win, we'll eventually know that person's name. But what we won't know is all of the organizations and or companies that just acquiesce just because their general counsel, their retained lawyers on the outside basically say, yeah, we could roll the dice and we appreciate that you feel strongly about this particular subject matter. But if you want to save either you know, money or time or, you know, sort of reputation, just just roll over on this one. And what we'll see is dozens, hundreds, and eventually potentially thousands of people that just don't think the fight's worth it. And that's what it's actually designed to do. It's also 
designed to, because if you can't adhere to a statement of faith, a lot of Christians will say, well, this isn't an organization that we need to lead anymore. So it will lessen the footprint of Christianity in this country because for every organization that plows forward with a lawsuit, hundreds of organizations may choose to either change their statement of faith or simply close to avoid going against scripture, right? Because, you know, there are some people who they just will not do it. They also don't want to fight a legal battle, so they'll just close down. And that decreases the impact of Christianity on American life. That's exactly right. So, you know, there already is discussion that Catholic Charities, for instance, which is the probably second largest faith-based adoption service in the country, basically is just going to move on from providing adoption services. And, you know, I mean, there are other adoption services out there, and so they'll just say, well, we'll either completely shutter that program and we'll just move, you know, completely into immigration services, for instance, or, you know, we'll retain one person and all they will do is just refer people to the next adoption agency, you know, down the street. It's a really, really tragic thing. And unfortunately, we've talked to many senators who I think were sold a bill of goods that there were uh, some lawyers that said that there were kind of these faint religious liberty protections that were folded in at the last minute that will prevent from any of that. But they don't seem to understand that the chilling effect and the intimidation tactic is the true design of a bill like this. So they're saying, well, if you have this affirmative defense, you'll win in court. And I'm saying, well, that, that's the Why point. Why do we have to go to want, court? They want 10,000 people to have to go to court so that only 200 of them will, will actually fight. Again, why do we have to go to court in a nation where religious liberty is baked into the cake? Why have to go to court again and again and again to defend? Why not just not have a law that would force people to have to make a decision? Because in a country, you know, maybe there's a million people in the country and there's very few services, you know, it's just not very many people, then you might say, well, if I can't adopt here, I can't adopt anywhere. But there are so many options for adoption, graphic design, wedding services, all of the different areas in which homosexuals seem to have this big bone to pick with Christians. But that's because that's not what it's about. Can we just, Tim, for a second here, go over what it's really about? This is zero to do with access or loving who you love. Remember what, how they sold this bill of goods 15 years ago? You just won't let people love who they love. You just won't let people have access in the hospital to their loved ones. That was the guise by which they passed same-sex marriage and got us as Christians back, not even on our heels, sitting down with our hands tied behind our back. And now it's, I need you to agree with me that even though I have a beard, I'm six foot four, I weigh 300 pounds, and I am obviously a man, you must say with your mouth and agree with me that I'm a woman. It's not enough for you to say, oh, that same-sex couple just, you know, they just got married and they're living together as husband and wife and they've adopted a child. You need to say you agree with it. You need to say your Christian organization agrees with it, that you support it. You need to bow down. And that's the ultimate the ultimate goal of all of this. It's not about acceptance. It's not about tolerance, like leaving someone alone. It's about getting Christians to step away from their faith and bow down to the God of self and the you know worship of self or be driven out of public life and possibly out of earning a livelihood. It's a very devious strategy and end goal here. And it's not just precisely like you said, it's not just to accomplish or to sort of... Uh, 
arrive at, at equal rights, so to speak. It really is to obfuscate and eventually to marginalize and eliminate all Christian influence and eventually to force anybody who ascribes to a, a Christian worldview and biblical life that they are essentially ghettoized uh, in the United States of America, which is why, I mean, this will not be the last piece of uh, of same-sex legislation, you know, federal legislation that we'll see. We won't see much in the next two years, but soon uh, we'll see plenty of other efforts like this, exactly like after the Supreme Court win, you know, now a little over four years ago of Obergefell, three weeks later, there was a bathroom bill filed in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg City Council. It's not to accomplish one singular goal. It really is an agenda and a campaign to marginalize anybody with a biblical worldview. So we have no disagreement here, but I want to I want to talk a little bit about, because we are in the Advent season, we're in Christmas season, and most people are thinking a lot about you know, spending time with family, maybe gearing up for the storm that's coming in. Lots of things, other concerns. They're kind of going to put a pin in this until January after the holidays have waned down and the Christmas trees are put away. And then they'll start thinking about this. And at that point, if they're listening to this podcast post-Christmas, I want to leave them with what we know as people of the way. We know that God is in control. He's not surprised by this Respect for Marriage Act, which is a misnomer. He's not surprised that Republicans caved and sided with godless Democrats in ushering this legislation into being. He knows that religious persecution is going to go on the uptick in our country because we're turning away from God, yet the remnant remains, and we have to be strong. We have to stand on the wall. We have to report to the line. We have to stay on our knees at home. We have to read our Bible, study our word. We have to be ready in due season to give a reason for the faith that lies, the hope that lies within us. We must always look to the Father. He's our power source. He energizes us. He brings us to completion. No matter how our lives end, we know what's on the other side as people of faith who serve a living God who is never surprised and never sleeps. We know that even this bill, which seeks to rise up against our Father and His Word, will be vanquished and defeated. In the end, it's Jesus Christ coming on the clouds with fire, robes drenched in blood, all of us on horses, no less. Some people don't even know how to ride, but we will be coming back with Him, and justice will reign in that day. So how do we look at this in 2023, once the holidays are over and we're looking at losing five pounds that we might have gained over the holidays? How do we look at this, Tim? First of all, that litany was beautifully said. And and I would say, you know, I do think that there always is room for kind of a visor of faith to perceive all of these things through. And so, you know, whenever we're uh, victorious, either in in an electoral uh, fight or a legislative fight, you know, obviously that's a win in our column. But I think it's really important for us to respond whenever things don't go the way that we would like to see them go, to truly allow this to refine us. And so, you know, refinement ultimately pays dividends if we allow it to chasten us, right? And so, uh, you know, through a process like this, I think it does, you know, yet again, kind of call us to park in and ask ourselves, as well as others, you know, in an elected office, what is worth fighting for? And uh, and I believe that all of these biblical truths are worth continuing to refine, continuing to be vigilant about, and to kind of testify and prophesy to the public, but also to allow us internally to continue to kind of lift our eyes and our gaze towards Jesus, who really is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so, 
through this process, none of us are going to become weary in doing good, but in due season, it will produce a harvest of righteousness. I really believe that with all my heart. And so that's what I want to close on because, you know, we in the Bible, our example is that all of the apostles were flogged and set on fire and beaten, and some of them died tragic deaths, but they died with the name of Jesus on their lips because they knew where they were going. And they were not afraid. They were never afraid. They just kept going because they knew why they were doing what they were doing. And they counted it joy to have the same persecution as their risen Lord. And so in America, in the West, we have had a very comfortable existence being Christians. We have a tax, but we have our constitution, which guarantees the liberties that are given by God. And we often will you know, hear, oh, it's the end of our country. And, and it may very well be. We don't know. We don't know what God has in store for America. But we do know that it's not our nation that provides the comfort and assurance. It is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want to make sure that people understand that while we did cover some pretty dastardly possible happenings in the future due to this legislation, God is still in control, and there is no reason for us to fear. There's no reason for us to waver or be faint in what we're doing. And as Christians, when we stand up for Jesus, He does amazing things, and it also strengthens other people who are silently watching, wondering what we'll do. So we have to be strong here, and we can't allow the passage of this bill to become a reason to shrink back. Instead, let's purpose in our minds to fight in 2023 and beyond because, well, it's worth fighting for. Otherwise, why would we, any of us be doing what we do if it wasn't worth it? Amen and well said. All right. So you know what? It's always a pleasure when we have Tim Head stopping by the show to give us updates on legislation. And in this case, Eh, you know, it's not good news. This bill is really terrible, but we have a lot of energy left to fight this. And so going into the holidays, safe travel, sir. Thank you so much for coming on today and talk to you in 2023. I look forward to it and uh, have a great Christmas and a great New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year as well. That's Timothy Head, Executive Director of Faith and Freedom Coalition. You can find the link to his entire website and everything he's doing in the show notes of today's podcast. God bless you. And we will also see you in the new year. 